Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You. And you can follow Israel Team on Facebook. It's a very active page with uh, updates consistently about what's happening in Israel. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can go to our website, IsraelTeam.org. Tons of information there that you can download. Uh, you can follow us on at the Jerusalem Post. I write for the Jerusalem Post. Just Google my name, Aaron F R U H Free, and uh, you can read my articles at Jerusalem Post, the Alga Miner, and then weekly I write for the Times of Israel. So you can follow me just by Googling my name, Aaron Free, F-R-U-H, and you can find me on all those platforms to find updated information about uh, the Jewish roots of our faith, what is happening in the world in Israel. And so today, we have the privilege of talking with my friend, Brad Young. And Dr. Young is, in my opinion, and the opinion of many people involved in restoring the Jewish foundations of Christianity, is the foremost Hebrew scholar in America today. Now, Brad would never tell you that, but people that know Brad will say that. And I've been struggling and grappling with a lot of deep questions about the Jewish heart of Christianity, as most of you know who listen to Israel and you. So I wanted to bring Brad on the podcast to help us understand what God is doing in these days of time. And I've always said, find out what God is doing and then do it. Get on board with what he's doing. Brad Young earned a Ph.D. from Hebrew University in Jerusalem in comparative religions. He is Emeritus Professor of Biblical Literature and Judaic Christian Studies at the Graduate School of Theology at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He has taught advanced language courses as well as the Jewish foundations of early Christianity to graduate students for over 30 years. In addition to his well-known work on the life of Jesus, he has devoted much energy to Jewish-Christian interfaith dialogue. He has written in numerous books, including Jesus the Jewish Theologian, Paul the Jewish Theologian, and the Parables, Jewish Tradition and Christian Interpretation. Brad is a translator of the Hebrew Heritage Bible, Newer Testament, a new translation that highlights the first century meaning of Scripture for the 21st century. And the goal of this translation is to hear as the people heard Jesus speaking. So, Dr. Young, welcome to Israel and You. Well, thank you, Aaron. It's such a privilege and an honor to be with you today. Yeah, so your books, and I've read your books <clears throat> over the years, they're cutting edge, and I would encourage every listener to get a hold of these books, and we'll uh, give you some ways that you can get order these books later on in the program. But what they do is they help us understand that Jesus was actually Jewish. So your book, uh, Jesus the Jewish Theologian, Brad, what does that mean that Jesus was a Jewish theologian, and why does it matter? Well, you know, Aaron, probably the most successful identity theft crime in the history of all the world is the identity theft crime of Jesus Christ. 
Wow. Because uh, we, we tend to put him in our own culture. Re- recently, I was in Maui in Hawaii, and they have this beautiful church there. It's, it's a, uh, They're in Hana, and they have this big uh, open window that's hand-painted this picture of Jesus. It looks like he's coming in from the garden. It's just beautiful, but he's a Polynesian features. Or, <laughs> you know, we've got the uh, European Jesus, Otto Dix. He's got blonde hair, blue eyes. Or the Japanese Jesus, cold, dark hair. And he builds a pagoda because he's a carpenter. His mother spinning silk, you know. Uh, right. and, and certainly Jesus is for all the cultures. He's for me from Oklahoma. But, you know, we have to see Jesus in the foundation of his family. We've disconnected from his family. Uh, I think this is really important even when we think about something like the kingdom because Jesus was stressing the kingdom as God's sovereignty, his power. He was teaching ethical monotheism. It has deep roots in Jewish theology. Uh, when I was studying at Hebrew University, I mean, most of the time, uh, scholars, they try to th- say we're, we're historians. We don't want to deal with theology. But really, the parables of Jesus, the, the message of the kingdom, it, it really deals with theology. Uh, I think about this Jewish midrash where uh, Jacob is talking to his children, and he tells them, uh, receive upon yourselves the kingdom of heaven and reconcile yourselves one with the other. I love this phrase in Hebrew, this is like you're, you're determining how, what the other person is thinking. You're able to put yourself in their, their, their place. You're understanding them. You're reconciling yourself one with the other, uh, all in the fear of heaven, and you conduct yourselves toward one another in loving kindness. I mean, Jesus uh, said, I didn't destroy the law and the prophets. He said, love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. He quoted the Shema. Hear, Israel, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But we've kind of made him into, well, he was Jewish, but he's really a Presbyterian, you know. Uh, I, I'll tell you one thing. Jewish people have a good sense of humor, and Jesus had a lot of people laughing, uh, you know, in some of the sayings that he said that, that had humor and wit and wisdom for the time. I don't know. I haven't met very many funny Presbyterians. Presbyterians. I don't want to offend any Presbyterians <laughs> today, but it helps us if we get Jesus in the Jewish context and understand right. his theology is Jewish, and it's Jewish to the core. Uh, when we play to, place it in its context, we can apply it to our own lives, our families, our relationships, our understanding of the kingdom. What does reconciliation mean? What does Passover mean? What does Sabbath mean? It's all connected to our Jewish roots. That's amazing. You know, speaking of pictures of Jesus, I remember when I was a child in my Sunday school classroom, there was a picture of Jesus, and and I grew up in Santa Cruz, California. It's this little surfing community. So they got a picture of Jesus on the wall, and he he, he was a California surfer, (laughs) and he had blonde hair, blue eyes, um, looked like he was just, you know, coming out of the surf with a surfboard, and that's how I always remember picturing Jesus in my mind. He was a California surfer. And I was, I was reading in your book, Jesus, the Jewish Theologian, and uh, the forward is by uh, Dr. Marvin Wilson, who wrote uh, Our Father Abraham. And, and he says in, in the uh, forward of your book, Jesus was a, uh, he, he said he, he um, saw some Sunday school curriculum, 
And the Sunday school curriculum for children said, Jesus was a good Christian boy who went to church every Sunday. I scarcely could believe my eyes. Here were three glaring errors in one sentence. Jesus was a Christian, not a Jew. He attended church, not a synagogue. And he went on Sunday, not on the Sabbath. So how did that, how did that happen, Brad? How, how did we disconnect uh, from the Jewish uh, roots of Jesus' life, how where did the disconnect take place? Well, I think it's the way that we've looked at Christianity, our faith for 2,000 years. We say the faith in Jesus replaces uh, and really just takes away the faith of Jesus. Hmm. I think one of the things that has really been inspiring me in translation work is to see how that the faith and of Jesus, the, his faith, his Jewish faith, the faith of his people, the faith that was practiced in the land, that's the foundation for our faith in Jesus. And really the faith of Jesus strengthens our faith in Jesus. Hmm. So he didn't come to destroy. He came to infuse life, to give a better understanding. And uh, he, he wasn't trying to start a new religion. He was bringing spiritual uh, revitalization to his faith. So I, so I think in trying to make Jesus relevant, reading the Gospels apart from the uh, first century setting, uh, we've kind of come up with uh, making Jesus into our own uh, image. So yes, he's a surfer. Uh, yes, he's building a pagoda. We, we don't really think about him with the Jewish concerns and especially the focus that he has on sovereignty, uh, the sovereignty of God. Uh, I like the way that Guterres said one time that the kingdom of God is the eruption of God in our lives in a way that challenges us. You know, sometimes you pray, our Father who art in heaven, stay there. Don't bother me with, with anything. But <laughs> right. really what Jesus was saying, the kingdom of heaven is uh, our life and our Father who art in heaven. That's our identity. We have a, a relationship that he says we are family and we come together in that unity and build a community. You know, faith is involved in a community. It's involved in relationships with one another. And the most important building block of that is our families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've been thinking the last couple of weeks, and one of my questions is, you know, with, with all this truth that, that you've unpacked over the years, what do you think is happening within evangelicalism that many of our churches uh, one in particular in Atlanta, Georgia, a major megachurch is telling its people, let's disconnect from everything Jewish, from the Jewish foundation of our faith, from Jewish values, views com Jewish commandments, Jewish scriptures. And the pastor even went so far as to say, we don't need to follow and practice the Ten Commandments. So what is happening there that, that, that seems to be a full-scale rejection of uh, the rudiments of the, the faith of Christianity. Some of this, I think, Aaron, is the anti-Semitism. There's a basic Jew hatred that permeates a lot of our society and our history. Uh, certainly, we see this in uh, you know the beginnings of our faith. Uh, in Greco-Roman world, there was a lot of anti-Jewish sentiments. Um, and uh, this impacted the early church. I think one thing about saying, well, we have a new faith is that the old faith was no good. So in a sense, sometimes when people are talking about the truth of Christianity, they want to say that there was falsehood in Judaism. Well, Jesus spoke about 
hypocrisy am, among some leaders, but he also said, those leaders sit on Moses' seat. Do what they're teaching you, but don't follow their example, which we could say, I think, with a lot of our own Christian leaders. So uh, here is uh, what, we, what we know as Marcionism historically in the church. Marcion was a heretic. In 144 AD, the leaders of all of the communities of faith gathered together. They felt like Marcion's teachings were in rebellion against the God of the Hebrew Bible. I mean, after all, if we're talking about monotheism, you're rejecting all idolatry. Today, some of our idolatry is in ourselves or, or, or worshiping false gods. People say, well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Well, you know, a warm feeling at a sunrise is really not a deep commitment to God and the faith that Jesus was proclaiming because Jesus was challenging people for spiritual revitalization and it was based on the best of the old. He was taking from the Hebrew scriptures, the Ten Commandments, the um, belief in the one true God and saying this is the foundation in your relationship with others. Today, many people don't really believe uh, that you even have a soul or, you know, the, uh, that there's something after death. Jesus was saying, of course, we're created in the image of God, just like the book of it, Genesis records. And uh, I love the rabbi that says it's not only the truth that we are created in the image of God, but God showed us great love to tell us that we're created in his image. And that demands that we see each other with dignity and respect and listen to one another, try to learn from one another. So the whole message of the kingdom is to put God first, first things first, seek first the kingdom, and to build relationships of love, forgiveness. Uh, so much of what we're hearing today is hate, division, and unforgiveness. And really the message of the kingdom is love, unity, reconciliation. That's so true. And so today we're, we're talking with Dr. Brad Young, and uh, a friend of many years and uh, a great scholar of, uh, of biblical literature. And he's written numerous books, including Jesus, the Jewish Theologian, Paul, the Jewish Theologian, and The Parables, Jewish Tradition and Christian Interpretation. And he is the translator of the Hebrew Heritage Bible, Newer Testament, a new translation that highlights the first century meaning of Scripture for the 21st century. And when you read this new translation, uh, you're going to hear Jesus speak in the language of Hebrew. And our New Testament is translated into Greek, but Jesus was speaking Hebrew. And uh, Brad has translated uh, the New Testament in, into Hebrew from Hebrew to English. So we can understand the words of Jesus from, from a Hebrew con context. So when we come back from the break... We're going to talk further with Brad and find out how we can order these books to enhance our walk with the Lord, enhance our Christian life, and return to the rudiments of our faith. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Hello, I'm Aaron Free, president of Israel Team Advocates. Israel Team is standing in the gap for the Jewish people in a time of growing anti-Semitism in America. And there are many forces, even within Christianity, that want to divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. There has to be those who proclaim the truth about Israel in a time when nations are calling for her demise. 
Our organization works on college campuses where anti-Israelism is in vogue, especially on evangelical college campuses. Evangelical anti-Israel groups highly financed by George Soros and his Open Society organization are pushing evangelical millennials towards the abyss of anti-Semitism, and they are succeeding. One such group, the Telos Group, is funding all expense-paid trips for young pastors and evangelical college students to Israel where they feed them live about the Jewish people and the land, and they come home anti-Israel. In just the last four years, evangelical young people have cut their support in half for Israel. In a survey in 2018, 69% of evangelical young people said they supported the Jewish people. A new survey in 2021 found that only 33% of evangelical young people support the state of Israel. So if we don't push back against the growing anti-Israelism within evangelical movement, evangelicalism could be anti-Israel within just a few short years. I'm asking you to help Israel team in this fight. I'm asking you to stand with us as we stand for God's covenant with Abraham and the land and the great nation that God has building in Israel. Will you give to Israel Team today? And there's two ways you can give. Go to our website, israelteam.org, to donate section, and you can give securely online. Be sure to give us your mailing address so that we can send you our new book, The Casualty of Contempt. You can also mail your donation to Israel Team. Find our address on our website, israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel in You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, we're back with Dr. Brad Young, and we're talking about the Jewish rudiments of our faith. We're talking about the fact that Jesus is actually Jewish. And uh, another question that I have for you, Brad, since Jesus is authentically Jewish, does that make the Apostle Paul the true founder of Christianity? Well, some scholars have put forward that theory and uh, I, I think that's very wrong because the Apostle Paul was a follower of Jesus Christ. He followed Yeshua HaMashiach. Uh, I think one of the you know telling signs of this is the way that he talks about this I received from the Lord. For instance, the uh, Passover meal, the Last Supper, he gives direct information and a lot of times scholars have said, well, uh, Paul wrote everything before the Gospels, and he had no knowledge of the Gospels. Well, maybe he didn't have the Gospels in exactly the form we have them, uh, that we're using them today, but I think it's evident that Paul knew the teachings of Jesus. Uh, Alfred Reich, a very prominent scholar, uh, very old scholar, but he, he found 900 references to the teachings of Jesus in the writings of the Apostle Paul. It's very clear when he's talking about the Passover meal with the disciples. Uh, I like in, in 1 Corinthians 15 how Paul said, Now I want to bring to your remembrance, brothers and sisters, the good news message which I proclaim to you. Now remembrance, that's all about Passover, Zecher. Remember mm. what God did in Egypt. Remember what he's doing in your life today. Remember what happened to Jesus on the Last Supper. And then he says, I passed over to you what I received. So mm. this is the traditional foundation of Jewish teachings. There's a tradition. It's memorized. It's passed from father to son, from mother to daughter. And uh, we see this in the uh, way that the 
rabbinic literature, the Mishnah, the oral tradition, what's passed from one to another. A great uh, Swedish scholar, uh, Jaretson, wrote a book, Memory and Manuscript. And I think it's very fascinating to see how our gospels were written. So I think Paul was, he knew the gospel before the gospel. And he is a follower of Yeshua. And he says, I am a Pharisee in the book of Acts. Uh, he's right. proud of the fact that he's uh, a Pharisee. He's a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He talks about this in Philippians. Of course, everything pales in comparison when you do a comparison with knowing the, Jesus and the power of the resurrection. But the things of his past are things that he was very proud of. He was very Jewish. I think sometimes we've looked at his argument about uh, the Torah as if he was trying to cancel the Torah, but he makes it very clear in Romans 3.31, that uh, if you think I'm canceling the Torah by the preaching of faith, you've got it all wrong. May ganoite, may it never be, God forbid. Uh, what the King James Version translates it. No, we put the Torah on a firmer footing uh, through the preaching of faith. Uh, of course, I think the the kind of anti-Jewish understanding in, in Romans 10.4 comes out in our translation uh, tradition where we we sometimes hear it translated Christ is the end of the law to those who are believed but the word end is telos in Greek and when we think about it Hebraically it's the goal of the Torah that the Christ is the goal and the goal is really that through Abraham both non-Jews and Jews are coming together in faith and that the original faith was reaching out to all the peoples of the world so I think in the since that Paul understood his chosenness as Jew, being Jewish was very important. That comes out Romans 9, 10, and 11. But he also sees the sh chosenness of the non-Jews. The goal of the Torah is to bring us together in reconciliation and love, uh, upholding ethical monotheism, proclaiming the truth of the good news. Uh, it's a memory. It's, it's something that goes back to the Passover meal. It's something that goes back to uh, the the heart of our faith it's the dna of the apostle paul is a positive view of the torah i mean it's spiritual it's practical but also we're going to give it practical application with the message of jesus amazing so so brad in your uh, new translation of the <clears throat> the new testament you call it the newer new testament and, and why do you why do you call it a newer new testament well i think they the terminology is important. You know, the, the way that we talk about Scripture is important. When we say Old Testament, it sounds like my old shoes, my old car, it's obsolete. If we say it's newer and older, I mean, older is vintage. Older is right. the authentic yeah. foundation. So we see that as a platform for the new uh, I, I think really when we talk about covenants, we're really not talking about a new covenant that breaks an old covenant. It's a renewal of covenant. You know, in, in Scripture, covenants aren't canceled. They're renewed with a people that are open to the work of God, the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And I think Paul really emphasized the power of the Holy Spirit that brings life transformation and leads you into this deeper experience of knowing God and loving other people and seeing the kingdom realized in your daily life. <clears throat> so important. And so um, I would encourage all of our listeners uh, to order Brad's books. You can just go to Amazon 
And that's where I ordered his books. Uh, Jesus, the Jewish theologian, you can get on Amazon. Paul, the Jewish theologian. And one of my favorite of all time books by Dr. Brad Young is The Parables, Jewish Tradition and Christian Interpretation. It is a fascinating book read by many scholars and theologians around the world. But it, it, it shares the parables of Jesus from a Jewish perspective. And it's, it changes the whole uh, perspective of the parables uh, when you study them in the Bible. And so he's also the translator of the Hebrew Heritage Bible, the Newer New Testament. And how would people get a hold of that, Brad? Well, the Newer Testament is available on our uh, website, hebrewheritagebible.com it's not available on amazon or anywhere else we we felt like that if we're going to preserve the wording of the translation sometimes you get with other publishers uh, they can change the wording but we're we're it's just published to the hebrew heritage bible society so you get it at hebrewheritagebible.com you can also get my book on the jewish background of the lord's prayer at hebrewheritagebible.com which is another book that we offer uh, on our website yeah anything uh folks that you read of dr brad young it is life-changing and um all of his books his literature life-changing stuff and uh here's a question i have brad what does the future hold <clears throat> what do you believe needs to happen in the relationship of the gentile uh christians and the jewish heart of the faith do you see uh there ever being a time when christians worldwide you know more than there are now because there there are some christians that are embracing and trying to figure out the Jewishness of Jesus and understand that. But what do you think the future holds for Christianity in that regard? Paul called us to humility. There's a sense that he, that there's an arrogance that uh, some of the natural branches were cut off and, and uh, we are, you know, better than the, the natural branches where really Paul was saying, there's a root, you've got to be connected to the root. And there's a branch that's engrafted into the tree. But if you cut off the branch that you're sitting on, you're going to destroy your own faith. We have to uh, acknowledge our roots relatedness. So in humility, we should say we have a lot to learn from our uh, Jewish brothers and sisters. Uh, there are those that have come to faith in Yeshua, some that have not. We can learn from all of the Jewish people. Uh, it's interesting in the Psalms, there's even praises where the nations are praising God for the good things he's done for Israel. So in humility, we, we come to learn and to share. I, I think there's there's interaction between Christians and Jews. I remember a, a, a Jewish rabbinical student went to a black Pentecostal church and the, before the service, the pastor learned that he was studying to be a rabbi. So the pastor introduced him as saying, this young man is studying for the ministry. Everybody just broke out and praised the Lord. And the rabbinical <laughs> student said, this is the first time I've understood what Baruch Hashem means in Hebrew. Baruch Hashem <laughs> means praise the name. But this sense of just abandon and, and worship, thanking God that someone's dedicating their life for the ministry. Well, I think Jewish people learn from Christians. Christians learn from Jews. We are coming together that we, we are standing for this ethical monotheism, the kingdom that Jesus preached, the tikkun olam that uh, draws us together. It's a very exciting time for us, Aaron. 
I believe so. And you're right on the cutting edge, Brad. And I just so appreciate uh, you and your wife, Gail, have dedicated your lives to helping us, you know, find our way back uh, to the rudiments of our faith, the, the Jewishness of Jesus. And tell us one more time, Brad, uh, how to get uh, the Hebrew Heritage Bible. Go to HebrewHeritageBible.com. You can get the Newer Testament at HebrewHeritageBible.com. That's great. And the good news is, everyone, is Brad's going to be on next week because I told him earlier, I've got like two pages of questions. So we'll see you all next time with Brad Young on Israel and You. See you, see you then. <laughs>